UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. So it's been a month of changes on among ah. the Michigan coaching staff. Departures, additions, and we have a lot to talk about. Well, Andy, I think first up is we have an honest-to-goodness offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis. What do you think about that move? Well, I'm really happy. I was disgusted last year that they didn't have a true offensive coordinator and said they were calling the place by committee. Uh, Pat Hamilton uh, got washed out, and Josh Gaddis is going to take uh, – charge of the offensive uh, of the play calling and it's a good thing. And this is a guy that brings a different style of offense. He's been, he has a long history as a good receivers coach and that's where the strength of Michigan's offense lies this year is in their uh, receiver core because it's a dandy receiver core. Now, he wants to get people in space and have them move them. And so uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll use a slot more. Maybe they'll pass more than they did uh, this year. All in all, with the changes that they've made, it seems to me that they've won the offseason. They've cured a lot of the angst that followed after the two-year ending losses. And uh, some some optimism is restored. Now, they've got a lot to prove, but... Uh... Well, and Gaddis comes to us, compliments of the University of Alabama, and he was leaving there. He was on the way to another Big Ten school when Jim Harbaugh heard that he was in play and convinced him to come to Michigan. Um, also on the offensive side of the ball, we have a new quarterback's coach. Ben McDaniels, who was previously an analyst, that nebulous title where programs hide coaching talent until slots open uh-huh. up. So it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the position. Um, you know, you mentioned that Pep Hamilton left, and yeah. I, I think it's really important here that, you know, once again, and, and we've talked about this, you know, last offseason, Harbaugh made many changes to his staff. And it's interesting because even though for much of this season, the results were much better, he didn't hesitate to shake things up again right after, you know, those, those two stunning losses first to Ohio state and then in the peach bowl. So it's interesting that, you know, as unhappy as, as fans may be with those last two games. And I sure know I was, that yeah, me too. Harbaugh has no problem shaking things up. And, you know, I guess the, the big thing is there was always the question among fans on exactly how the offensive play calling was done previously. Um, you know, you had Pep Hamilton, you had Jim Harbaugh definitely in oh, there. Definitely. And you knew that um, it, it just didn't seem to make sense on the outside. And one of the things we're hearing is that Josh Gaddis will begin full control of the offense and hopefully 
I think that means, well, I tell you how, what I, what I hope it means is, and what I believe it means is that Jim Harbaugh, of course, will be directing the style and the tempo of the offense, but that he will be stepping back and letting his coaches specialize on, on, you know, basically working on what kind of plays to call. And again, whatever questions there were about the, the, chain of command previously, I, I think, have, have disappeared. They're all gone. At least at this point they have. You don't know how permanent that'll be. If 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 these new coaches conjure up a couple of losses he doesn't like, he may, you know, he'll adjust to that too. Well, one thing, they don't have a good cadre or an experience. I shouldn't say good. I should say they don't have an, uh, an experienced cadre of running backs this year. Uh, Sharon, Karan Hagnan left, and uh, he was the most experienced, and Chris Evans is running uh, academic problems by his own admission. That's what he said in the tweet. So uh, he could be back, perhaps, if he gets that straightened out. So who knows? But anyway, it seems to me under this new regime, if he were there, that he would be used, they would throw him, they'd use him as a slot more and have him catch more passes and have him some stuff in space. And he, he fits the bill there uh, entirely. And they've got a couple of uh, guys coming in that are small but lightning quick and got good speed. So they're, they're going to have... Chris Perry is gone, and, or uh, not Chris, but Perry is gone. And uh, I was kind of disappointed in his performance this year. He didn't seem to me to have a really excellent year, and they didn't seem to do too much for that slot position. I think maybe that will be improved this next time. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the tight ends. Well, and over to the defensive side of the ball, I think many were surprised when Greg Madison left. Less surprised when Washington, and, our linebacker, and some were disappointed too because of his destination. Well, and I think that was a that was a lot of the surprise in that. Um, you know, I, I still shake my head at that one, but you know, he's gone. He's at Mich- He's at Ohio State, and um, you know, we we have some changes on the defensive side of the ball. I think uh, you know. Most importantly, you know, Michigan has brought in a new defensive line coach to fill in for Greg Madison, Sean Nua. We have a new, another, uh, uh, an additional new assistant coach, Anthony Campanelli. And, you know, right now, even though Coach Harbaugh, I think, famously said after the bowl game, he didn't anticipate any changes on staff. I think that the staff has finally uh, filled in. Um, I will tell you overall, um, the two big constants that, that I think that we've been able to maintain that I think are most important are first, we still have Don Brown on defense. And again, uh, I think, uh, after the team getting slapped around those last two games, I'm sure that, that he is tinkering with the schemes and is going to come up with something, but I will tell you the most important thing. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, is that Ed Warner's still there. Um, and I think that's the thing that gives me hope for next year is we saw what he did uh, bringing up, up the play of the offensive line in one year. And 
um, you know, with a whole nother year and now some depth coming in, I, I think that's the thing that, that gives me hope on the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, to, to support, you know, Josh Gaddis given the reins to being given the reins of the offense. So again, you know, after the, those last two games, I sure felt down, but looking at these changes and how the staff is shaping up, I think that, you know, when, when Madison left, uh, and Washington, there were a lot of questions on how they were going to recalibrate to, um, you know, cover the recruiting loss that those guys did. I think that they've brought in, um, you know, younger guys, which always helps in recruiting. I think they have uh, a wide range, you know, they have links all over the country and, um, you know, Andy, you were talking about um, Sharon Moore and and what people were saying about him before we got right when we got it before we got on the call. Yes, rival, rivals uh, posted an article recently that said that he was among the top twenty five recruiters for the whole year among all the colleges, and that's quite a few recruiters, uh, basically because of the uh, Daxton Hill. Uh, there's a five-star uh, defensive back that uh, we're going to get that can do a lot of different things. And is a lot of people can say may may grab a spot uh, as a starter this year at some point in time. How soon you never can tell with freshmen. But uh, he's been a real asset to us. Now I've read an article recently that said that uh uh that Madison uh was left attributed his leaving Michigan to the fact that he wanted to be a a, a coordinator again that his time was running out and apparently apparently the fact that he from becoming the chief of the defense down to the offensive line irritating him after a little bit and uh, working for Don Brown might not have been uh, all that he thought it should be when he first uh, got there. He missed being a coordinator. And that seems to me that, uh, you know, everything but the destination. Still love Don, uh, love Madison, Greg Madison as as a football coach, a defensive line coach and a defensive coordinator. And as a personality, he was nice to talk to, always pleasant, always on point, and always interesting. Miss all those things about him. But I still have that objection that he went to our chief rival. He did this once before. He went to Notre Dame earlier in his career, left us and went to Notre Dame, and didn't like that. He left us and went to Ohio State and don't like that. But that's about all I didn't like about him. He was an asset while he was here. Well, and again, uh, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but, you know, the the Greg Madison thing is, is going to continue to rub me wrong. You know, there were photos of him recruiting Michigan high schools wearing Ohio Start gear, wearing Ohio State gear. And, you know, one of the things you get from these coaches is, you know, they will tell you how much they love being at a particular university. You know, the guys who are at Michigan State will talk about Michigan State. The guys who are at Ohio State will talk about Ohio State. And I like to think, and I know that, that fans like to think that Michigan is a destination job. 
Now, uh-huh. I will tell you, Andy, I asked Greg Madison when he uh, was retained by Jim Harbaugh and shifted down to a, a different position. Um, you know, if, if there was a problem among the players, you know, dealing with that, or if there was a problem, you know, from his perspective. And I, I always wondered that, right? Because you have to know that it's, you know, it's the old, uh, um, you know, the thing it's, it's better to rule in hell than serve in heaven. And, and you wonder, I, but the thing that, that still strikes me is that he'd been here for so long. Okay. I really thought that when he said that he was fine with it, that he was fine with it. Obviously, he was doing a, an amazing job on the defensive line, you know, coaching those guys up. And again, I, 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 I you know, I can't get in his head. I guess you have to, you know, take it, you know, what he says at, at uh, face value. But you know, to to be this late we, in your we, to be this late in your career to make such a big change. For what's only going to be, you know, not, you know, he's not going to coach another 10 years, right? So, That's right. He knows that. So, again, I mean, I want to say I wish him the best, but I don't think I really can, you know, going to Ohio State. Um, well, one thing about, one thing we should not remember, that while the players are supposed to be amateurs, these uh, coaches are just as professional as the coaches in any professional league. They are professionals. And so they look, they don't, they don't fall in love with every job they have. They always say that they yeah, I'm falling. It's in their best interest to support the school they work for, but they can support many schools when the paycheck is bigger and their responsibilities are more magnificent and stuff like that. I can understand they can hop. Players can't hop as quite as well as they do. Although the new transfer rules is taking care of some of that. So again, you know, you mentioned briefly the the trouble that Chris Evans finds himself in, and the official word is that he's no longer with the team. He has right. he has tweeted out that he hopes to continue his career at the University of Michigan. You bet. And, and you know, Andy, this is one of those times where, um, you know, uh, it's interesting to watch the reaction to people on the internet. And, you know, again, you're seeing extremes, but there are people who are um, disparaging his talent, disparaging him. I will tell you that as somebody who's had the opportunity to to talk to the players, he's always been very pleasant. He seems like a good guy. And I have to say I was really disappointed when I heard this. Um, I was too. Disappointed and surprised especially because this was his year to shine. If he could get in there and grab that starting job, you know, he'd get more carries, more time. He could really make it a little better in in college football than he has. It would have been good for Chris, a good opportunity, the best opportunity that you could ever have at the University of Michigan if you're a running back because there's nobody ahead of him. But we'll see. It could possibly could possibly work out that he gets the academic problem solved. I don't know. I don't know, you know, uh, whether he'd need to go to another school to do that or, or what the situation is. Nobody does. But anyway, I can tell you this. I, I wish Chris Evans the best. 
I do. I agree. He was always pleasant to speak with. And again, I, I really hope he does whatever he needs to do to, to get his academic situation settled. And I, I genuinely hope to see him, you know, back on the field and, and getting a chance. And, and it's interesting because, um, you know, there have been times where players will get players will get in trouble and, um, Frankly, you don't honestly. I don't always pull for them. I mean, some of them are, are you know, you know, they're, they're people. They're good people. They're people who kind of rub you wrong sometimes. But um, he always, you know, struck me as as somebody who was earnest and and was always thoughtful and and you know, really, um, seemingly really appreciated the opportunity to play. So uh, again, you know, disappointed. You know, as an alum, you know, and, and I, as I know you are. Kind of disappointed mm-hmm. that he, that he has this kind of a problem, but hopefully he will do what he needs to do to get it settled. Hopefully so. They gotta they gotta scour some running backs up uh, this year, and everybody talks about Charbonneau, Charbonneau, who is Zach Charbonneau, uh, who is coming in as a freshman, and that he might be the answer. He's two hundred and 20 pounds, something like that. He's got a physique of an older kid and everything. And we'll see if he can step in there and make a difference this year. He's going to give somebody some competition. The one thing about ZC is that he has a history of getting hurt. He's been hurt during his uh, high school career quite a bit, but he had a ton of carries. Just worked all the time where he played the school, used him all the time, and he was the basis of their ground game. So we'll see how it works out. They got new people to work with, and uh, we'll see how much whether they can develop a reliable running game this year, and whether that can be led by an outstanding passing game. Because it seems to me if they're going to survive and score points this year. They can't rely on the defense, which is not going to be as experienced as last year's. They got big holes to fill, and it's going to be a very interesting year. It's a critical year for the Harbor regime. Definitely so, definitely so. But again, you know, you, you do have other people on the roster. You know, you have Christian oh, yeah. Turner, you have yep. True Wilson. Now, I will tell you, as much as I I like True Wilson, I don't see him as a primary back. Um, I see him as a a change of pace or or a possession back, shall we say. Again, nothing against him, but I just didn't see him. uh, I don't see him as having the breakaway speed that that I think you would want from a primary back. But, you know, it, it begs the question. You know, will this be the year that a true freshman basically breaks into the starting lineup and ha- makes a major impact? I think that's a possibility. I think another possibility is you have to wonder if they're going to shift some guys to different positions. You know, will you see yeah. a guy shift from tight end to running back or maybe even shift from the defensive side over to running back? Because, as you said, running back is a problem right now. You know, Absolutely. If, you know, even if you have Chris Wilson at, at or Chris, sorry, Chris Evans at full speed. Say he comes back and he's your guy. If he gets hurt, yep. and then again, you don't know if he's going to come back. So really, you don't you know. You have True Wilson kind of as the heir apparent, 
And again, um, a very serviceable back, but I don't think, uh, you know, from what we've seen, we wouldn't say that he's, uh, he's an explosive running back that you'd really like to see. He is not a Karan Higdon, right? Nothing against anybody, but Karan Higdon was a special kind of back. Um, I think one of the biggest differences. It took him a long time to develop, though. He really was a lot better in his junior and senior years than he was in the years prior. Well, but you can also point to the changes on the offensive line, too. That That's right. A lot exactly. of things came together. And, and again, I mean, yeah. I, I I would say that he was the biggest difference in the offense last year. Um, you know, the reliable hammer sure. breaking through. I noticed a big change in muscularity in him as he grew older, as he was in that program that weight training program really worked on him. He had bulging biceps and an upper body that wouldn't quit. You know, uh, you know that a runner's legs are going to be developed because they use them all the time to run. But the rest of the, the rest of it, and he just, he was a pretty sculptured guy, not real big, but pretty sculptured. And, uh, they're going to miss him this year, especially at the start of the year. You know, young, Backs have a tendency when they get into that melee that is Big Ten football. They have a tendency to drop the ball a time or two. And if ZC drops the ball, that'll get him bench time. And if he can't pass block, that'll get him bench time. But maybe he can work it out. And maybe he can be a be be the the, the horse that leads the parade there. Now the good news for anybody who's going to be running the ball, whoever it may end up being, you're going to have, I think, a much stronger offensive line, uh, which will give them some chance to to mature and, and, and find their slot. So, again, um, you know, as, as depressed as I was at the end of, of the season, you know, after the Peach Bowl, um, you know, looking objectively at the changes that Coach Harbaugh has made in the coaching staff, and the way the roster is is um, firming up, um, it, you know, hopeful. Hope springs eternal. Um, so, Andy, do you have any final words for the podcast today? Yes. Congratulations to Beeline in, in knocking off Wisconsin. Uh, this is a big step towards another step in the ladder towards a Big Ten title. Uh they are a good team and they hang in there. They don't, they win games where they don't blow people out, but they hang on at the end. And, uh, you really got to admire Beeline and the way he's handled his team this year and the team themselves and what they're putting out there. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.